In this presentation, we will consider the child tax credit in the event of divorced parents or separated parents. This is a common situation. We'll go over some general rules here. And if this is a situation you are looking at, then you probably, of course, want to get some advice as to the child tax credit and the relationship between it from a divorced parent situation. So, of course, our problem here, the issue here is that if we have the child and we have two separate tax returns being filed, then what happens to that child tax credit? Now we have two returns, one child. We can't typically have basically the child tax credit for two different returns. The IRS doesn't like that because then we would have the social security number of the child on two separate returns, basically two separate returns claiming the child as a dependent and therefore also uh, possibly taking the child tax credit with it. And the IRS doesn't let it, right? Only one social security number can be on each return. It's kind of like the general rule that you would have. You can't have uh, the same social security. If, you, if, the, if the Internal Revenue Service, in other words, allowed the same social security number to be used on, on multiple returns in different situations, that could get messy real kind of quick. So the general rule is the database system within the Internal Revenue Service. Anytime it sees basically two uh, numbers claiming to see, be the same person, We'll typically kind of spit that out. So now the question is, well, what, what do we do in that situation where we have uh, divorced individuals, two separate tax returns and two people that could potentially claim a child tax credit or the, and or the dependent? How do we deal with those situations? And again, if you're in that situation, you probably you do want to get some advice on on how to uh, go forward with that. Therefore, from a logistical standpoint, you know what's going to happen from the IRS's standpoint. If you have one dependent being claimed and whether it have a child tax credit or not, it's most likely that if it's only one social security number that's being claimed, the IRS may process that just from a logistical standpoint, process that and say one social security number, and it's more likely not to have basically an issue for it. However, if two individuals, two tax preparers, say a, a divorced husband and wife or a divorced couple file a tax return with the same social security number for the one child, then it's one of those things that it's not like it's not likely to be. It's, it's very likely that the IRS will question that. Why? Because the system can easily automatically do that. They don't need to basically pick a return. So they could automatically see the system will just automatically say, hey, there are two, there's two social security numbers two returns claiming the same social security number so from a logistical standpoint note that the if you if the two individuals have a return that are using the same social security number as a dependent and or for the claiming of a child tax credit it's it's very likely more likely than any other types of issues that the irs will give some type of letter and of course, the letter, some type of letter indicating some type of audit or review or questioning. And of course, the letter is going to be indicating that uh, there's a problem with the one social security number on two different returns. So if you know that's the case, you can expect that basically there's going to be some type of letter that will be uh, given. And just also just know from a logistical standpoint that, you know, the first the first tax return that goes out, that's going to be the first social security number. Uh, the first tax return that claims the social security number and therefore the second person that claims that sends their taxes in the later person that sends their taxes in that that's going to be the one that triggers the irs's system most likely to say hey we've already got that social security number in in the system so just note that when the letter goes out there it's likely to go to the second person who gave the social the, the tax return and say hey the, the social security number has already been 
claimed, here's the adjustment based on this. And that doesn't mean it's right or not. That doesn't mean the first person's right in claiming the social security number possibly. And doesn't mean you can't go forward and get advice from that and whatnot. Uh, but just notice that from a logistical standpoint, that's what's probably going to happen. The IRS is going to say, all right, here's one person that gave us a social security number that doesn't look unusual or anything. And then, oh, here's another person that had the same social security number. That looks funny. We're going to probably send a letter to that second person saying, hey, well, this number's already been taken. And then, and then it goes from there. And then you can basically think about how, if, if that's the logistical way it happens, then the question is, well, how do I go from there and talk to the, the IRS from that point and go into the rules for it? Obviously, what, want, what you want to do most of the time is to figure those rules out before, <laughs> before the case, if at all possible, between uh, the, the individuals that could possibly claim the dependent and make sure that their, their, their agreement is clear and everything is clear. This is going to be just a kind of a starting point. This is on uh, the instructions for the form 1040. You can start there, uh, take a look at it from there. It'll be included in your resources as well. Let's get back to the text. Children of divorced or separated parents. A child would be treated as a qualified child or qualifying relative of his or her non-custodial parent defined later if all the following conditions apply. Note we're looking here at the deviation from the norm because normally we would think that the child would qualify for the child tax credit for the custodial parent and we're looking at those conditions where that may not be the case from certain conditions to conditions and that would be when we have the non-custodial parent. So we'll get into the rules of what is the custodial parent, what is the non-custodial parent and then need to consider uh, the rules in terms of when it might be possible to have the exception of moving from uh, not being treated as the custodial parent, the traditional parent you would think that would be claiming the dependent and the child tax credit to uh, a situation where it might be the non-custodial parent. And you might consider when would this apply or why would someone want this to, to apply? And if you think about basically a divorce situation, there's a couple things that the, the dependent will affect. And that's going to be something like the status. So if we're single, we would rather have the head of household status. And we know that uh, the child or the dependent can't affect that. And of course, the child or dependent can't affect the uh, child tax credit as well. And they have different consequences. So obviously, as if we have two individuals that have different amounts of revenue income, then they have different amounts of taxes. And the question with the divorce might be in terms of how can we lower taxes overall? And how can we lower taxes for individuals, one, one individual, another individual? And so those are two kind of separate issues. And if, for example, if you have the head of household status, then that might more benefit the person, whichever of the two have the higher income, because the head of household might result in lower tax brackets. And therefore, to claim as a, a dependent might help in that situation. However, if the, high, if the income is really high for one spouse versus another, then they might completely lose the child tax credit because of, because of income. Uh, the income threshold. So in that kind of situation, you can see through a divorce agreement that they might be trying to think about, well, how can we get the best of both to benefit both people as well? And that would mean, well, we want to be able to claim the dependent in such a way that we get to take advantage of the tax brackets and possibly claim the, um, the credit. It'd be nice if we can claim the credit in such a way that we still get it, which means it'd be nice if we can put the credit to, the, to possibly a, the lower income individual that could still maximize the credit which it would phase out for the higher income and maybe have the higher income individual be able to uh, claim the dependent in a situation 
that would lower the overall taxes between the two because they have the higher income. So you can you can see how this gets a little bit complicated. The incentives when you're doing the tax planning could be uh, a little confusing to to think through as you go through that agreement. And, if, and again, things to consider just when you go through the, the actual agreement. Text number one, the parents are divorced, legally separated, separated under a written separation agreement, or uh, lived apart at all times during the last six months of 2018, whether or not they are, whether or not they are or were married. So that's condition number one. Number two, back to the text, the child received over half his or her support for 2018, the taxable year, from the parents, and the rules on multiple support agreement later don't apply. Support of a child received from a parent's spouse is treated as provided by the parent. Number three, the child is in custody or of one or both of the parents for more than half of 2018. So you'll remember that we had that kind of custody issue and we said that basically to be a qualified child, they have to be uh, in the particular household. Well, one of the common divorce kind of agreements would be that there's some kind of splitting of uh, of how often would the child live. So, if the, so now if the child lives basically half and half, if we say it's exactly half and half, then there's a there's a question with regard to that kind of uh, that requirement that they live in the a particular home for more than a half to to qualify for the child tax credit. So number three here, the child is in custody of one or both of the parents for more than half of 2018. Number four, uh, either of the following applies: a for a, the custodial parent signs form 8332 or a substantially similar statement that he or she won't claim the child as a dependent for 2018. Now you can find that form on the IRS website. So if you go to irs.gov and look up form 8332, you'll see it's it's called release uh, revocation of release of claim of uh, to exemption for child by custodial parent. And then B, a pre-1985 decree of divorce or separate uh, maintenance or written separation agreement between the parents provides that the non-custodial parent can claim the child as a dependent and the non-custodial parent provides at least $600 for support of the child during 2018. So note we have a, a support dollar amount uh, here as well. So that's obviously a pretty fairly low dollar amount. So back to the text. If conditions one through four apply, only the non-custodial parent can claim the child for purposes of the child tax credit and credit for other dependents, line 12A and 17B. However, this doesn't allow the non-custodial parent to claim head of household filing status. The credit for child and dependent care expenses, the exclusion for dependent care uh, benefits, the earned income credit, or the health coverage tax credit. The custodial parent or another taxpayer, if eligible, can claim the child for the earned income credit and these other benefits. See publication 503 for details. Back to the text. Custodial and non-custodial parents. The custodial parent is the parent with whom the child lived for the greater number of the nights in 2018. So custodial parent, notice how they're defining it there. The definition of the custodial parent is is the one that they lived there for the greater number of nights again a lot of divorce agreements basically might cut that 50 50 in terms of the divorce agreement to the text the non-custodial parent is the other parent if the child was with each parent for an equal number of nights 
the custodial parent is the parent with the higher adjusted gross income. Now, you might think that's funny. Why would the custodial parent be the one with the higher adjusted gross income? If they, in other words, condition number one, custodial parent is going to be the one that the, the, the child spends the most time with. That makes sense as the first condition. But then condition number two, the one that has, has the higher adjusted gross income. And the, the, just the, the thing there is, I mean, I, I'm just guessing on, the, on trying to interpret the law here, but if you have basically two people where the, where the child was in the same place, the same amount of time in both areas, then the, the, the idea would be the person with a higher adjusted gross income under those circumstances might be the one more likely to be, be providing basically more of the support or at least the financial support. So if there's an equal number of, of hours of our support there, and then, then you go to default too, which is the income, higher income, more likely given by this law. That's my interpretation of it to be someone giving more support. So in any case, those are the two conditions back to the text. See publication 501 for an exception for parents who work at night. You know, that's obviously that's a bit of a, you know, if, they, if one parent works at night and they still spend all the days there, that would be kind of a funny rule. So that might be an exception if you, ha if you work nights and that's, that's one of the rules. Uh, there's actually uh, an exception directly specific to that. And so you can look that up, Pub 501. Rules for uh, a child who is emancipated under state law and other details. Post-1984 and pre-2009 decree and agreement. The decree or agreement must state all three of the following. One, the non-custodial parent can claim the child as a dependent without regard to any condition such as payment of support. Two, the other parent won't claim the child as a dependent. And three, the years for which the claim is released. The non-custodial parent must include all the following pages from the decree and agreement cover page, including the other parent's social security number, SSN, on that page. The pages that include all the information identified in one through three above signature page with the other parent's signature and date of agreement.